Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. This week's guest is Matt Bellany, executive editor of Hollywood Reporter. Matt's a big hitter in the entertainment industry, and Hollywood Reporter really is the dominant news source, both online and offline, in the entertainment industry. So Matt shared a lot of tips from us about how he changed his own career, went from entertainment law all the way to Hollywood Reporter. And he also talked about the evolution of Hollywood Reporter and how it's become such a huge site online and how the print edition is just so well-respected by everyone in the industry. Hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, this is Scott Orn at Founders of Friends Podcast with Matt Bellany, editor of Hollywood Reporter. Welcome, Matt. Hi, how are you? Thanks for doing the podcast. No problem. It's been a lifelong dream. <laughs> so we've been fr- we have been friends for almost our life, like twenty years here. And, I uh, knew I knew back in you know nineteen ninety five that someday I would be on your podcast and be able to tell all the stories that you could never tell about yourself. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dirt that can be uh, had both ways here. Uh, so Matt is I don't know what your exact title is, but you're like executive editor. editor. So Matt's like one of the big shots of Hollywood Reporter, which is the dominant um, online and, and print publication for the entertainment industry. So this is a real treat here. Um, every time I go to dinner with Matt, I get to ask him a ton of questions about what's going on. And so we figured we'd have him on Usually the Usually who is dating who? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the number one question. And I, I am definitely not an expert in that yeah. field, we but did, uh, I try. We did that last night a little bit. So just to start off, like I think people – I think you did something earlier in your career, which I found just super amazing like you and inspirational. You were at a big Hollywood entertainment law firm, and you basically flipped and went over to – back to the journalist side. Mm-hmm. How did you do that, and like, why did you do that? Okay. Uh, it, it goes back to my original plan out of college, even. You know, as you know, when I was in college, I, I did a lot of journalism. Yeah. I edited the, the Berkeley student paper, Daily Californian, and I was a columnist, and I did some stringing for, you know, New York Times, Time Magazine, a couple others. And I was actually debating when I graduated whether I wanted to be a journalist or go to law school. And I took a year or two off, um, you know, lived in San Francisco. Spent some time skiing. Spent, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I <laughs> I ultimately decided that if I didn't go to law school out of college, I probably would never go. And I could always transition back into journalism if I wanted to. It was the classic, you know, the law degree couldn't hurt argument. And I had always been interested in entertainment. I grew up in Southern California. I, you know, was a pretty voracious reader of the entertainment media when I was growing up. So I knew that I wanted to ultimately be in Southern California, um, went to law school at USC and got a job out of school at a pretty well-known entertainment litigation firm. So we were representing mostly talent, stars, um, directors, different, mostly individuals and smaller production companies. Big time people, though. I remember a couple, uh, you had to postpone a couple of Vegas flights because uh, the Enquirer would run something on a Friday and you yeah. had to slap an injunction on them. And- yeah, we would represent you know, some stars. I remember I once got a, a restraining order for Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was, that was a highlight. Um, and we worked on some pretty big, complex cases. We brought some lawsuits against Fox, um, one for David Duchovny over the X-Files. He wasn't getting mm. paid. There were some pretty complex business issues going on in those well, cases. Th- doesn't like the Hollywood, the, the studios try to hide money from the stars, right? They well, they like, don't say that. Yeah. They <laughs> say that their accounting practices are 100% kosher and that you know everyone's just greedy. Yeah. But there is a pretty uh, extensively documented history in the business of what they call Hollywood accounting. 
And, you know, that is what you're trying as a litigator for talent to expose. You do an audit, you, you know, look at the books, you say, okay, well, my profit definition, which some of these profit definitions are 30, 40 pages long. Oh, my God. And, you know, my profit definition entitles me to 20% of first dollar gross once we break even. And this... This spreadsheet shows that this movie grows $600 million worth worldwide, and yet the ultimate profit from the film is listed at negative $200 million. So how did that happen? Something's wrong. Yeah, something's, something's wrong. wrong. So there's a, whole, yeah. there's a whole cottage industry of litigation that attempts to crack that code. So I was doing that. Totally enjoyed it. Great firm, great people. Um, a great place to learn, you know, out of school, I had a big law firm type experience and a big law firm type paycheck, but I was getting entertainment experience, which is very difficult yeah. to get at yeah. a young age. But the more I thought about it, and this is something that I've always thought, you know, I, I didn't ultimately want to be my boss. I didn't want to be a partner at a law firm. I decided, uh, it was a great job and it was, you know, interesting for me when I was 28, but I didn't necessarily want to be 48 and be a partner at a yeah. law firm. And you know, once you decide that you don't want to be your boss, my inclination is always to say, okay, well, then what's next? And for me, that process was, where are my interests? What do I ultimately want to be doing? And I kept gravitating back to journalism. Yep. I started writing a little bit on the side. I wrote for Esquire magazine. That's right. I forgot about um, that. Yeah. While I was still at the law firm. You actually wrote one of... I, we talk about this once in a while. You wrote one of the best pieces. It never ran at Esquire, and it breaks my heart. that. But it was about the crashing uh, real estate market in Vegas. And you had a pretty... I don't even know. Can you talk about it? Are you even allowed to talk about it? Yeah. I, wrote, I mean, yeah. it was an article about the world's largest strip club. Yep. Basically. But... And while that might seem interesting, to me, the article was not about the world's largest strip club. It was about this mild-mannered family that, through a complicated real estate deal, had acquired the world's largest strip club with the hope of turning it into a health club and ultimately flipping the property. And this was in about 2007, 2008, yeah. when people thought you could just buy whatever you wanted to buy, flip it, and make a huge pro yep. profit. What ended up happening is the economy started to turn. The value of the property was not what they thought. There were all sorts of other entanglements. And this very nice Jewish family from the Valley ended up owning the world's largest strip club in Vegas. And the story was about how that family went about managing this this asset yeah but the amazing because i got to read the article the amazing thing was you also got into how some of the strippers were like subprime borrowers this oh, yeah. is this was the hilarious because did you ever see the big short the movie yeah that yeah, came out yeah, last yeah, year? yeah 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 there are scenes oh. in that movie that totally hit home for yeah. me because they yeah. go to a strip yeah. club yeah. and start talking to these women and they're like what are you talking about i have five houses yeah. and i paid you know nothing for any of them and <laughs> And I was saw in, that as it was happening. Yeah, you wrote about it in like late 2008. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. It breaks my heart that that never ran. But. I know it was a. But the thing is, it was a complicated thing where the the economy was crashing as the story was closing in the magazine, and they were just like, "We can't run a stripper story when all this is going on in the like, world." There's too much serious stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. But if so, they would have looked deeper, they would have. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the perfect microcosm of the crash. It's, it's like my it. favorite story that never yeah. ran, but. So I was doing that stuff, and I um, and I was also practicing law. And ultimately, the Hollywood Reporter actually found me because they were looking to beef up their 
um, legal coverage at the time. It was right around when TMZ was getting big and they were looking at the online universe and TMZ was doing something that no one else was doing, which was essentially using public legal filings and, um, you know, and access to law enforcement to to write stories, to write they were media, amazing at getting like yeah, these in yeah. a way that had not been done before, yeah. in an urgent and um, you know kind of evolving way online, in a way that the traditional media was completely not doing at yeah. the time. Yeah. So they said, "Listen, there is probably a version of this that we could do at Hollywood Reporter that is not writing about people's parking tickets yeah. and falling down outside nightclubs, but is a little bit more elevated and more of a business um, way of doing this." And they approached me through a friend who was working here. And the more I thought about it, I, I said, you know, if I'm ever going to make a move, yeah. then was the time. I was, you know, 29, 30. And I was like, I, I don't have a wife, a house. I can do this. I can take a little bit of a pay cut. Yeah. And ultimately, if I'm happy in what I'm doing and motivated, I'm going to be more successful. Yeah. And you did. So it's I did that. I, I came over. I started covering the legal world. Did that for about uh, two years. Then, you know, got promoted up. Do a managing editor, and so then you, you did something really interesting mm-hmm. at the, when you start, like maybe like six months in, which I have always found amazing. And you started a list, and you called it like Hollywood's Power Lawyers or something yep. like that, right? Yeah. And the beauty of the list was this is before BuzzFeed, this is before like listicles. Mm-hmm. And you you basically created scarce re, a scarce list that every Hollywood attorney needed to be on. Yeah, and maybe I mean, you, were, you weren't like it wasn't like a mass. You, I think you just did this. Out of, it was an interesting thing to write about. It wasn't like some I'm gonna take right. over the world well, thing. I, I am definitely not the the first person in the media yeah. to come up with a list. Yeah, because you know, powerless and you know, influencers, all that stuff has been they've been yeah. around for decades. But just not in like the but, entertainment lawyer. Right. Like, no who one thinks had, about their lawyers. Right. right. No one had no one had entered this world of entertainment law because frankly, it's a pretty secretive and exclusive world. Yeah. They don't they. They're not like traditional lawyers. They don't go to bar events. They don't, uh, you know, go to court. Really, some of them do, but it's a very unique community, and no one had really shined a light on it before. And I remember when we came up with that first list, people, when I was talking to them, they're like, "I'm not participating in this. Who cares about the lawyer?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you know, we're trying to do something new, and you know, people actually might care about you. You're an yeah. interesting guy. You yeah. represented, you know, two billion dollars in deals last year, and you know, that's a, that's something that people would be interested in." And, you know, it took a lot of effort, but that first list was really good. It had all the right people on it. It had great, you know, participation and it kind of grew from there. Yeah. And I, I, it really hit home. This is like two or three years later after Mm -hmm. you started it, we were at a, a, a movie premiere and this older gentleman comes up and it just like hanging on every word you say and had the biggest smile. And, and yeah. I was like, what's, what's, what happened there? And yeah, you're, you're like, this guy is not that interesting <laughs> or charming. What is going on? Uh, yeah. I mean, there is a, there is an element of, of that in media in general. Yeah. I mean, any you know, business. Yeah, any you business. have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, when you have something that other people want, yeah. you tend to be the most beautiful girl of the party, yeah. you yeah. know? And, uh, and, you know, but I try also, I do those kinds of things, but if you ask people around Hollywood what my reputation is, my reputation is a little bit more of a hard ass. Like I end up being the face of our news operation. Oh. I I now run our news operation. Oh, wow. So basically, I did just legal for a couple of years. Yeah. Then I got promoted to I think I was a managing editor. But then we got bought by a private equity group, a Guggenheim led group, yeah. and they turned us from a daily trade 
newspaper into a weekly glossy magazine yeah. in print and then relaunched our web operation into a much more robust yeah. 24-7 news operation. Yeah. There's a couple of things to unpack because I think the metamorphosis of Hollywood Reporter super, as an internet property is mm-hmm. super and a business. So you were like publishing those like little thin little newspapers every day. and Not now, every day. for uh, th- That was going on for 75 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's like – now and then you didn't really have that great of a new a website presence like how did you guys you did two things you basically rebuilt the internet interface mm-hmm. and started publishing there and then you went from kind of daily to to weekly like maybe talk a little bit about both those decisions and sure. like how how you how you execute on them. that's like a re, that's a hard thing to do cuz Hollywood Reporter hard. was not the juggernaut it is today no, like no, no, you were, not at all you were one of five we or were six. also ran because yeah. you know the leader in the in the entertainment trade space had always been daily variety yep and um and that was what we were up against. And I knew that when I came here, which is why I only thought I would be at Hollywood Reporter a couple of years, use it as a springboard to go to some bigger property. Yeah. I'm fortunate that the property evolved and elevated, you know, along with me along the way. But um, something happened in the mid 2000s and the late 2000s. And that was that the entertainment news environment was completely commoditized. And what I mean by that is the news that would have been front page news on the old Hollywood Reporter daily newspaper was widely circulated everywhere at noon the previous day. Yep. And when when you enable the internet to, you know, slice and dice and carve up the news, it's it's not fresh yeah. when you're looking at it in the morning. There was yeah. no point. Yeah. There, the, you know, the first rule of media is it has to serve an audience and it has to serve an editorial point. Yep. And the, the point of the Hollywood Reporter was sort of going away because that news... Was, was being done by five other entertainment trade outlets online, by every fan blogger, by you know the, the, the big news organizations like uh, New York Times or Wall Street Journal yeah. were, were getting into this area. And you know there was no there was nothing that made it special. It just made it commoditized. So the, the fortunate thing is our owners, our new owners came in and took a look at that environment and said, okay, how do we do something that's unique and create yeah. something that's special? They brought in the first thing they did was they brought in an editor uh, from New York with weekly magazine experience, Janice Min. Yeah, and who, she's she's a badass, right? Yeah, like, she's great, and she is now my boss. Yeah, and she uh, had experience at People and Us Weekly and more consumer magazines in the celebrity space. But she had a, a real vision for what Hollywood Reporter as a print entity could be. You know, she brought in a lot of style features and a little more of a visual touch. We upped the photo- photography. Yeah, made it a, it's, the magazine is beautiful. Yeah, we it's did incredible. A, we, we created, you know, we photographed our covers. We did everything that you do at a, at a big, glossy monthly. Yeah. But we were doing it every week. Yeah. And then, you know, what she did is she came to me and she said, you know, what would you like to do here? And I said, I'd like to be in charge of our news operation. She's like, great. So what that meant is I was, you know, half of our print magazine is devoted to the business, you know, the hard news and Mm -hmm. analysis. And we knew in creating a print magazine for Hollywood that it had to be solid on the basics. It had to be, you know, giving you something in print that was valuable business information. Mm -hmm. Like commentary or... Commentary and analysis. Or tougher, yeah, more analysis. uh, You know, News that you weren't reading elsewhere and perspectives. Like, like the Summer Redstone stuff. You guys actually like really get in. Like this, we were the people, last interview that Sumner did. Yeah. And we got him on our cover in 2014. And that's like, 
that was you know a a coup for us. That's a, a good yeah. cover story for it, us. But then also like on the web, you're detailing like board proxies and all this. He fired the board. We were just talking about this. He fired the board today of yeah. CBS or Viacom, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And it's like you guys are actually getting into the meat and potatoes of that, which Absolutely. is really. But we also you know we do everything from that to you know today Lady Gaga is going to star in a in a Star Is Born remake. So we're doing those stories. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing you know what's Trump doing today. We're yeah. doing. You know, the, how, is, how is the media covering Trump? You know, what the, the Disney alligator attack yeah, is a big yeah. story for us. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we have a huge breadth of, um, of coverage area. And the challenge is, you know, when we went to a weekly magazine, you know, there aren't many weekly magazines that have a real news brand. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is you are solid in print. You have a, a, a solid print product. And then you also have a... a 24-7 news operation that people look to. And there's really only a handful of places that do that. Most do either print well yeah. and they struggle online or they are a, a native digital outlet yeah. that doesn't have to worry about the deadlines and production and all the other things that go into print. Yep. Um, here we do both. And that's part of what makes it so labor intensive and, yeah. and demanding but it's also what makes it fun don't you think it makes it more prestigious though like i, I feel like print's gone the way you guys do print with the photo like the really nice covers and like that's like it's so much more tangible to people it's not like a effery you know like a, a web a, a page that just kind of go, you read for 10 seconds and goes away and you never think about it again like there, there, there feels is. like there's prestige there to me there definitely is and and especially since we are perceived and, and this is janice's vision from the very beginning was that this was going to be an aspirational magazine. Mm-hmm. You were going to want to be in this. Yeah. And a lot of our coverage in the style areas and lifestyle stuff is all aspirational because, you know, our owners, when they took over Hollywood Reporter, they looked at the readership that we had and the income level and education level <laughs> and, you know, uh, lifestyle yeah. level of which our readership. Which is all huge, right? Which, for I everybody. mean, these executives yeah. are making a lot of money. We're, we're reaching stars. We're reaching... You know, people in New York and L.A. Yeah. Um, and they said, OK, you're, you have this readership and you're serving them this product. Yeah. That was a flimsy little yeah. you know, trade newspaper. Yeah. So it, it was just a na- now it seems simple that it, we that we chan- yeah. transition to yeah. this. But it was it, at the time and it's been about five years now. Yeah. At the time, it was kind of a revolutionary thing oh, in this yeah. space. And we got a lot of really nice attention for um, for what was going on. And um, but but. At the core of it, we always knew that the the news brand and the business credibility was the rock of the whole thing. You had to be solid on that stuff, and then you can build off of it and do real estate coverage and car coverage and travel and you know nice photography and all that stuff that that is great. But but other outlets can do that too. What we do uniquely here is we cover the crap out of the entertainment business from every angle. It's amazing. And, uh, and you know, and that's, that's, what's been fun. But the world has, has devolved into like, this is a niche, but it's a huge niche. It's a niche that everyone loves. I I say niche. It's like, it's a segment, right? Like you guys own the entertainment segment, which is super powerful, super lucrative, but you guys do it the best. Like people just know your brand now. We hope so. You know, and it's been a, it's been a, a process because, you know, we were not known as a national media brand. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Wow. This. It was much, I mean, people knew what we were, yeah. but it was not, we have a much higher profile now. And yeah. that's, there's a lot of factors for that yeah. that have gone into that. But we, it's important to us that yeah. our stories are not just read by the industry, that they're also read around the world. Yeah. And, you know, but it's interesting you, you mentioned print 
People still want to be in print. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. The prestige, right? Like, there's something about opening that, and it, because yeah. it's a beautiful magazine, yeah. it's like Which the, it, the ads in Hollywood. If, if you haven't seen the ads, are like stunning because pe- they can do a lot with the ads, and a lot of the times they're, you know, they're recognizing a great actor for a lifetime achievement, or they're promoting a movie that's up for the Academy Awards, or they're just really high quality advertisements. Yeah, or it's like Gucci, or you know, we yeah. get, we get luxury yeah. ads as well, but. People want to be in print, which if you think about it, is not a rational decision because, you know, our readership, our print readership, I think our circulation is like between 70 and 90,000, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, we reach, we say we reach like 100,000 print readers because yeah. we have a lot of sharing and stuff, yeah. which is great. It's much yeah. bigger than it used to be, but it's not, you know, a million. Yeah. It's not what some of these huge international publications yeah. are. And, and then when you look at our website. Our website's up to about 15 million unique. Yeah, that's a month. amazing. That's awesome. And, you know, if you if you think rationally about that, people yeah. should be dying to be yeah. on the website. And it's like, oh, whatever. I don't care about print. But it's the opposite. They I think want it's because they know, thing. A, they can hold the magazine in their hands. And they know the other people who are holding that magazine in their hands matter. Is, yeah, is and then you get both. I mean, yeah. most of some of our most read stories, a lot of our most read stories on our website are print stories. Yeah. Because oh, we put a lot of effort into yeah. them. We try to make the magazine long special. Long profile, things and like that. And yeah. a lot of our longer profile, a lot of our photograph pieces, our big cover story yeah. profiles, things like that. Yeah. And, and when, we, when we transition those online, they, they do big traffic. So on the, you talked about the web. Talk about your, how you guys have gotten so much stronger on your web page or your web profile. And you know, how do you guys do distribution now? Like, you know, like we were talking six months ago at a voucher party, and you were talking about how important Facebook was becoming to mm-hmm. Hollywood Report. Like... How how is that? Because that that's a how has that transition happened? It, it's been an, an interesting transition because the entire media world in the time that I've been here, which is about ten years now, uh, has completely changed. Yeah, you know the the rise of the social yeah. networks and you know our biggest traffic our biggest traffic refer is probably still Google. Yeah, just because because people Google like, people Google yeah. Brad Pitt and like what his next movie is yeah. will come up. You know, yeah. um, but. And we're writing about all this stuff and yeah. all the incremental news and all. And stuff. Google knows you're one of the ma- exactly. dominant sources, so exactly. you have higher page rank and exactly. all that kind when of stuff. We, and we all we also have this is kind of a morose thing, but when people die, we I, have, you guys have really high quality obituaries. Like I read your obituary. obituaries, yeah. prepped for. Yeah. If you've won an act, if you won an Oscar or an yeah. Emmy, yeah. and are over sixty five <laughs> or seventy years old, we probably have your obituary ready to go. I hope to be on that pre prepped yeah. obituary Sadly, list someday. It's true. I mean, some there are surprises. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but you guys do have like that, and that's and where we put you, effort into yeah, that, and yeah. because of that, we are known. You know. As a quality outlet, when someone does die, if you want to, you know, and our our obituaries surface yeah. to the top. No, that's how I read you guys because yeah. of that. And you know, once the way the internet works, if some if there's a big death, um, you know, the entire internet will will yeah oh swarm home, swarm yeah. in on yeah. on that. Like when Prince died, it was oh. I mean it was gigantic. First yeah. of all, because it was so unexpected. Yeah. But and also, he's so beloved. Yeah, and he's so beloved. But people want they want to they want more information yeah, about it. Yeah. They want to know. They want to read his about his whole life. Yeah. They want to read everything. And if you can serve that up, you can yeah. provide it. People will come. Yeah. So you're so you're timely. You're high, high quality. Yeah. Online it was basically too. re-emphasizing um, yeah. or or emphasizing for the first time in many ways the urgency of the web, mm-hmm. getting stuff up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, pushing stuff out. Yeah. We have an email alert system oh, that people yeah, sign up right. for. Yeah. Do you guys do you find that um, like the celebrities are a distribution channel for you as well? Yeah. Like, are they posting? You know who's like, great? Uh, who? The, the Rock. 
The Rock. Will... Love, by the way, we love The Rock, and we watched uh, Ballers religiously in our. I, I, we love San Ballers. Andreas. Great movie. San, San Andreas, great movie. Vanessa wants to watch that. Like every time it comes up on iTunes, she's like, "Let's watch, just watch San Andreas again." Yeah, you know, it's yeah. fun. He's an amazing entertainer. I love he's the great, guy. and he's, he seems really smart. He's too. very smart, and he's super savvy on his social media yeah. channels. Yeah. So whenever we write about him, he'll tweet yeah. it, and yeah. he'll like write it our reporters and yeah. stuff. And you know, The Rock has a few million followers. Yeah. Like Twitter, Twitter is a referral source for us. Yeah. It's not the biggest. Facebook yeah. is is a yeah. big referral yeah, source. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah, yeah. the way Facebook is changing their algorithms and things to prioritize video, it's less of a referral source than it once yeah, was. And yeah, I think yeah. all, I've heard about that just like in the last quarter, right? They all just, yeah, all publishers are are feeling the impact of that wow, because Facebook is changing things. But you know, we now have a Facebook Live deal. We're oh, creating right. video yeah. Yeah. for Facebook. Um, and you know, we're kind of experimenting about it, but we're one of their media partners because they know we have great access to, um, to the inside star world and you know, they're, they're seeing what we can do. What's your take on that? All the live video stuff. Do you like it? Is it uncomfortable to be in that? I don't mind. I mean, I do a lot of media appearances outside of here. Like I'll do the morning shows or I'll do entertainment tonight or CNBC. Um, you know, I, I'm comfortable doing that stuff. So I don't, I don't mind doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't really done Facebook live yet. Like they, we just started it yesterday or like we did a video at our morning meeting yeah. and I will say it was a little bizarre yeah. cause I would then went on Can Facebook. Can people hear you or is it just the video? Uh, I think they could hear us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I went on Facebook to watch our video as it was being done. Oh yeah. 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 And you see like people from all over the world are popping up like, Hey, you know, how are you? Yeah. Or it's amazing. Yeah. Or like, Oh, what, why am I watching this? Yeah. Or like the comments start yeah. flowing in and that's, you know, that's, we joked, <laughs> we were joking yesterday, like that, you know, we, that, uh, we had always joked that someday we would all work for Facebook <laughs> and literally we are now working for Facebook. <laughs> we will all work for Mark Zuckerberg. <clears throat> uh, but it's, it's a partnership and, you know, I think a lot of people are experimenting. Yeah. You know, with what works online, they're trying to figure it out. We were talking about last night. Like, they're probably trying to figure out like where the inflection points are, how many people need totally. to get into it, what and what they re- want from certain media outlets. Like, yeah. what works from an entertainment yeah. outlet? Yeah. Is it star interviews or is it you know prepackaged clip things yeah. or what is it? You yeah. know, I, and we were talking about Snapchat last night. Like, we just put a li- my I just put a little bit of money in Snapchat. And it's like I'm learning how to use it and I'm realizing how powerful it is. It's it's like amazing. Um, so you got, this has been awesome. Just a couple more minutes, um, to just explain the phenomenon of Trump. Like we all, we're not fans of his politics, just, but he's doing something well in media, right? Like what do you, he is owning the conversation each day or he has been, he's kind of lost it a little bit. Hillary, I think Hillary knows. Yeah, knows what he's up to. It feels like the adults are coming home. I think so. And she's competent. Yeah, you know? Trump. I mean, there was a couple of things. He was not that Republican field was not adults. not strong. No, not, not strong. strong. And um, but he but he has incredible training in yeah. the media world. I mean, yeah. people forget he's been famous for a long time. Yeah. And there was a time in the eighties and nineties where he was doing what worked in that era, which was you know. Being on the cover of the New York Post every day, and writing being books. in the tabloids, writing yeah. books, doing you know these shady endorsement deals, yeah. and now he's he is successfully transitioned to both the TV with The Apprentice, yeah. learned a ton there. You talk to people at NBC, that guy was a pro. He knew exactly what his brand was. He knew how to work it for the camera. That's awesome. And now he's doing it for social media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's owning social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. 
Um, and then, uh, dude, where's where's Holly Reporter going next? Like, what's your guys? I mean, you guys are. Gr- I mean, Guggenheim's got to be super fired up about that purchase. Like, you guys are we, doing really we well. Are, the next step right now is video. We're doing a lot more video. Um, we're doing a lot more in the partnership space. I want there to be a Hollywood Reporter TV show, like even it, whether it's Charlie Rose style or where you really get to let the actors talk about how they feel and all kind of stuff, yeah, or we, or the business of it. Like I think the biz, like one of the reasons I want to have you on the podcast is I find this the entertainment business so fascinating. And like where where we are in Silicon Valley, we don't really we don't we don't understand it, frankly. You know, so it's yeah, like, that's a good idea. We've we've talked about that. Um, sort of what the right outlet would be for that. We we have a TV show on the Sundance Network called oh, um, for our, our roundtables. Oh. We do... Um, oh, your roundtables like are really good. Yeah, talk about that a little bit because you have like all, like five big stars. Or... Yeah, we do, we do roundtables, about 15 of them a year in film and TV where we gather people in the same room. Yeah. So it's six actors, six executives Those in the good. film world, six writers, six directors, and we just have a conversation. Yeah. And... You know, there's so much media out there where it's one celebrity talking or it's two celebrities who are promoting a movie are talking together and they're just promoting the movie. Yeah. But when you strip that away and you put these stars in, a, in an environment where they're talking to each other and there's a moderator. But the yeah. be- I always say the best roundtables are the ones where I don't talk yeah, very much. For sure. And you you just allow them to pick each other's brains and ask questions and it's it's it can be compelling. You know, yeah. it depends on the group of people, but it's yeah. interesting and it's not already out there. That's gonna kill on the video stuff. Like that will the day you Facebook Live one of those actress roundtables or actor roundtables or directors, it's gonna that'll be humongous. Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, we have a TV deal for them, so they are on the Sundance channel. Ah, okay. So uh, I don't know if we're gonna Facebook Live them. We may, but I don't know if Sundance would be excited about yeah. that. Maybe they would. I don't mean, it'd be it might bring more. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but I could see us doing more of that stuff. Yeah. So to, to recap, do what you love. Figure it out early. Don't be afraid to take a chance. You did. You really kind of discovered the power of like prestige, and and you've been in, a part of like a really amazing turnaround. Holy reporter. Yeah, it's been fun. And you know, it's it's don't be. It, I I'm, I've always been the kind of person where if I'm I'm into something, I'm going to work really hard. Yeah. And it was just about finding something that I could be into and want to succeed in yeah. and you know would motivate me every day yeah that's amazing that's great advice uh can you tell everyone where they can find you on twitter and facebook yes. or whatever you prefer are the hollywood reporter matt bellany m-a-t-t-b-e-l-l-o-n-i um, that's my twitter handle and if you go on thr.com you can check out our website and we i have a daily newsletter yeah that, that newsletter is actually really good i get that too I signed you up, yeah. so you better. <laughs> uh, no, but if you go on the if you go on thr.com, there's a space to sign up for the Today in Entertainment newsletter. Awesome. Uh, thanks for having time for us. We really appreciate it. No problem. Matt Bellany, Hollywood Reporter. Thank you. Thank you.